Sahih Muslim. This is a collection of hadith by Imam Muslim. The English translation is by Nasiruddin al Khattab. This audio is narrated by QNS Academy. Sahih Muslim The Book of Repentance. Chapter on Exhortation to Repent and Rejoicing Therein. It was narrated from Abu Huraira that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Allah glorified and exalted is he, said, I am as my slave thinks I am, and I am with him when he remembers me. By Allah, Allah rejoices more over the repentance of his slave than one of you when he finds his stray camel in the wilderness. If he draws near to me a handspan, I draw near to him a forearm's length. And if he draws near to me a forearm's length, I draw near to him an arm's length. And if he comes to me walking, I go to him at speed. It was narrated that Abu Huraira said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Allah rejoices more over the repentance of one of you than one of you rejoices over his stray camel when he finds it. A similar report as Hadith number 6953 was narrated from Abu Huraira from the Prophet, peace be upon him. It was narrated that Al-Harith bin Suwaid said, I entered upon Abdullah to visit him when he was sick, and he told us two ahadith, a hadith from himself and a hadith from the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. He said, I heard the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, say, Verily, Allah rejoices more over the repentance of his believing slave than a man in a desolate land who has his mount with him, on which is his food and drink, and he goes to sleep and awakens to find that it has disappeared. He looks for it until thirst overtakes him. Then he says, I will go back to the place where I was and sleep until I die. He lays his head on his forearm waiting for death. Then he wakes up and there is his mount with his provisions and food and drink on it. Allah rejoices more over the repentance of his believing slave than this man rejoices over his mount and his provisions. It was narrated from Al-Amash with this chain of narrators, a hadith similar to number 6955, and he said, Then a man in a desolate land. Al-Harith bin Suwaid said, Abdullah told me two ahadith, one from the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, and the other from himself. He said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Allah rejoices more over the repentance of his believing slave, a hadith like that of Jarir, Number 6955. It was narrated that Simak said, An-Nu'man bin Bashir delivered a khutbah and said, Verily, Allah rejoices more over the repentance of his slave than a man who loads his provisions on his camel, then travels until he is in the wilderness. Then the time for a nap comes, so he dismounts and takes a nap beneath a tree. But sleep overwhelms him and his camel runs away. Then he wakes up and climbs a hill, but he does not see anything. Then he climbs a second hill, but he does not see anything. Then he climbs a third hill, but he does not see anything. So he goes back to the place where he took his nap. And while he is sitting there, his camel comes walking and places its reins in his hand. Allah rejoices more over the repentance of his slave than this man when he finds his camel as it had left him. Simak said, Ashabi said that An-Numan attributed this hadith to the Prophet, peace be upon him, but I did not hear that. It was narrated that Al-Bara' bin Azib said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, What do you say about the joy of a man whose mount has run away from him, dragging its reins in the waterless desert in which there is no food or drink, and his food and drink are on it, 
the camel. He looks for it until he becomes exhausted, then it passes by the trunk of a tree and its reins get caught on it, and he finds it caught there. We said, His joy would be great, O Messenger of Allah. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, By Allah, Allah rejoices more over the repentance of his slave than this man over his mount. Jafar said, Ubadullah bin Iyad narrated from his father. Anas bin Malik narrated that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Allah rejoices more over the repentance of his slave when he repents to him than one of you who was on his mount in the wilderness. Then he lost it, and his food and drink are on it, and he despairs of finding it. He goes to a tree and lies down in its shade, having lost hope of finding his mount, and while he is like that, there it is standing in front of him. So he takes hold of its reins and says, Because of his intense joy, O Allah, you are my slave and I am your Lord, making this mistake because of his intense joy. It was narrated from Anas bin Malik that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Allah rejoices more over the repentance of his slave than one of you if he wakes up and finds his camel which he had lost in the wilderness. Anas narrated a similar report as Hadith number 6961 from the Prophet, peace be upon him. Chapter On Sins are erased by praying for forgiveness and repenting. It was narrated that Abu Ayyub said, when he was dying, I have concealed from you something that I heard from the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. I heard the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, say, If you did not commit sin, Allah would create people who would commit sin, and he would forgive them. It was narrated from Abu Ayyub al-Ansari that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, If you did not commit any sins for which Allah would forgive you, Allah would create a people who will have sins, and He would forgive them for them. It was narrated that Abu Hurairah said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, By the one in whose hand is my soul. If you did not commit sin, Allah would dispense with you and create people who would commit sins. Then ask Allah for forgiveness. Then He would forgive them. Chapter on the Virtue of Constant Dhikr thinking of the hereafter, and remembering that Allah is always watching, permissibility of stopping that sometimes, and attending to worldly matters. It was narrated that Hanzala al-Usayyidi, who is one of the scribes of the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Abu Bakr met me and said, How are you, O Hanzala? I said, Hanzala has become a hypocrite. He said, Subhanallah, what are you saying? I said, when we are with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, he reminds us of the fire and paradise, until it is as if we are seeing them with our own eyes. But when we depart from the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, we attend to our wives and children and businesses, and we forget a great deal. Abu Bakr said, by Allah, we experience something similar. Abu Bakr and I went and entered upon the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, and I said, Hanzala has become a hypocrite, O Messenger of Allah. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Why is that? I said, O Messenger of Allah, when we are with you, you remind us of paradise and the fire until it is as if we are seeing them with our own eyes. But when we depart from you, we attend to our wives and children and businesses, and we forget a great deal. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, By the one in whose hand is my soul, if you continued as you are when you are with me, and continue to remember paradise and hell, the angels would shake hands with you in your homes and on the streets. But, O oh, Hanzala, there is a time for this and a time for that. He said it three times. It was narrated that Hanzala said, 
We were with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, and he exhorted us and reminded us of the fire. Then I came home and laughed with my children and played with my wife. Then I went out and met Abu Bakr and I mentioned that to him. He said, I have done the same as you mentioned. We met the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, and I said, O Messenger of Allah, Hanzalah has become a hypocrite. He said, Don't speak like that. So I told him what we had said, and Abu Bakr said, I have done the same as he has. He, peace be upon him, said, O Hanzala, there is a time for this and a time for that. If your hearts were always as they were when you are remembering, the angels would shake hands with you and greet you in the streets. It was narrated that the scribe of the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, Hanzala al-Tamimi al-Usayyadi said, We were with the Prophet, peace be upon him, and we spoke of paradise and the fire and he mentioned a similar hadith as number 6,967. Chapter on the vastness of Allah's mercy, which prevails over his wrath. It was narrated from Abu Huraira that the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, When Allah created the creation, he wrote in his book, which is with him above the throne, My mercy prevails over my wrath. It was narrated from Abu Huraira that the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, Allah glorified and exalted as he said, My mercy precedes my wrath. It was narrated that Abu Huraira said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, When Allah had finished creation, he ordained for himself in his book which is with him, My mercy prevails over my wrath. Abu Huraira said, I heard the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, say, Allah made mercy in one hundred parts, and he kept ninety-nine parts with him, and he sent one part down to earth from which all creatures show compassion to one another, and animals even lift their hooves, lest they harm their young. It was narrated from Abu Huraira that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Allah created one hundred parts of mercy, and he placed one part among his creation, and kept one hundred less one with him. It was narrated from Abu Huraira that the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, Allah has one hundred parts of mercy, of which He sent one part down among jinn, humans, animals, and insects, because of which they show compassion and kindness to one another. And a wild animal shows compassion to its young. And Allah has kept back ninety-nine parts of mercy by which He will show mercy to His slaves on the day of resurrection. It was narrated that Salman al-Farisi said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Allah has one hundred parts of mercy because of one part of which creatures show mercy to one another, and ninety-nine parts are for the day of resurrection. Al-Mutamin narrated it from his father with this chain of narrators. It was narrated that Salman said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, On the day that Allah created the heavens and the earth, He created one hundred parts of mercy, each of which is as great as the distance between the heavens and the earth, and He put one part of that mercy on earth because of which a mother shows compassion to her child and animals and birds, show compassion to one another. When the day of resurrection comes, that mercy will complete the number again. It was narrated that Omar bin al-Khattab said, Some prisoners were brought to the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, and there was a woman among the prisoners who was searching for someone. When she found a small boy among the prisoners, she clasped him to her and started to breastfeed him. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said to us, Do you think that this woman would throw her child into the fire? We said, No, by Allah, she would never do that if she is able not to. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, 
Allah is more merciful towards his slaves than this woman is towards her child. It was narrated from Abu Huraira that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, If the believer knew what there is with Allah of torment, no one would hope for paradise. And if the disbeliever knew what there is with Allah of mercy, no one would despair of paradise. It was narrated from Abu Huraira that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, A man who had never done any good deed told to his family that when he dies, to burn him, then scatter half of the ashes on the land and half in the sea. For by Allah, if Allah gets him, he will punish him in a way that he has never punished anyone else. When the man died, they did what he had told them. Then Allah commanded the land to gather together what was in it, and he commanded the sea to gather together what was in it. Then he said to that man, Why did you do that? He said, Out of fear of you, O Lord, and you know best. And Allah forgave him. It was narrated from Az-Zuhri who said, Humad bin Abdurrahman informed me of Abu Huraira that the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, A man transgressed against his soul. When he was dying, he told his sons, When I die, burn me, then crush my bones, then scatter them in the wind and in the sea. For by Allah, if Allah gets me, he will punish me as he has never punished anyone. They did that as they were told. Then Allah said to the land, Return what you have taken. And he was standing there. Then he said to him, What made you do what you did? He said, Fear of you, O Lord. And Allah forgave him because of that. Az-Zuhri said, Humad narrated to me from Abu Huraira that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, A woman entered hell because of a cat which she had. She had tied it up and did not feed it, nor let it loose to eat the vermin of the earth until it died of starvation. It was narrated that Abu Huraira said, I heard the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, say, A man transgressed against his soul. A hadith like that of Ma'mar, number 6981, up to the words, And Allah forgave him. He did not mention the hadith about the woman and the cat. In the hadith of Az-Zubaydi, it says, Allah glorified and exalted is he, said to everything that had taken any part of him, Give back that which you have taken of him. Abu Sa'id al-Khudri narrated from the Prophet, peace be upon him, Allah bestowed wealth and children upon a man among those who came before you. He said to his children, Do what I command you, or I will make others my heirs. When I die, burn me. And as far as I know, he said, and crush my bones, then scatter me in the wind, for I have never done any good that would please Allah. And if Allah gets me, he will punish me. He took a pledge from them, and they did that for him. By my Lord, Allah said, What made you do that? He said, Fear of you. And that is all that befell him. A similar hadith as number 6984 was narrated from Qatada with this chain of Shroba. Chapter on Acceptance of Repentance from Sin Even if the Sin and Repentance Happen Repeatedly It was narrated from Abu Huraira that in a hadith Qudsi, the Prophet peace be upon him said, quoting the Lord, the sublime and majestic, a man committed a sin and said, O Lord, forgive me. Allah, blessed and exalted is he, said, My slave has committed a sin, but he knew that he has a Lord who forgives sin and calls people to account for sin. Then he sinned again and said, O Lord, forgive me. Allah, blessed and exalted is he, said, 
My slave has committed a sin, but he knew that he has a Lord who forgives sin and calls people to account for sin. Then he sinned again and said, O Lord, forgive me. Allah, blessed and exalted as he said, My slave has committed a sin, but he knew that he has a Lord who forgives sin and calls people to account for sin. Do what you wish, for I have forgiven you. Abdul Allah said, I do not know whether he said after the third or the fourth time, Do what you wish. Abdul Allah bin Hamad al-Narsi narrated with this chain of narrators a hadith similar to number 6986. Ishaq bin Abdullah bin Abi Talha said, In Al-Madinah there was a storyteller called Abdurrahman bin Abi Amra. I heard him say, I heard Abu Huraira say, A man committed a sin. A hadith like that of Hamad bin Salama, number 6986. And he mentioned three times that he committed a sin, and after the third time he said, I have forgiven my slave, let him do what he likes. It was narrated from Abu Musa that the Prophet peace be upon him said, Allah holds out his hand at night to accept the repentance of those who have sinned during the day, and he holds out his hand by day to accept the repentance of those who have sinned at night, until the sun rises from its place of setting. Shroba narrated a similar report with this chain of narrators. Chapter on the Protective Jealousy, Ghira, of Allah the Most High and the Prohibition of Immoral Behavior. It was narrated that Abdullah said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, There is no one to whom praise is more dear than Allah, glorified and exalted is he, and because of that he praised himself. And there is no one whose ghira, protective jealousy, is greater than Allah's, and because of that he forbade immoral actions, both those that are committed openly and those that are committed in secret. It was narrated that Abdullah said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, there is no one whose protective jealousy is greater than Allah's, and because of that he forbade immoral actions, both those that are committed openly and those that are committed in secret, and there is no one to whom praise is more dear than Allah, glorified and exalted is he. It was narrated from Amr bin Murrah who said, I heard Abu Wail say, I heard Abdullah bin Masood say, he said, I said, did you hear it from Abdullah? He said, yes, and he attributed it to the Prophet, peace be upon him. There is no one whose protective jealousy is greater than Allah's, and because of that he forbade immoral actions, both those that are committed openly and those that are committed in secret. And there is no one to whom praise is more dear than Allah, glorified and exalted is he, and because of that he praised himself. It was narrated that Abdullah bin Masood said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, There is no one to whom praise is more dear than Allah, Glorified and exalted is he, and because of that he praised himself. And there is no one whose protective jealousy is greater than Allah's, and because of that he forbade immoral actions. And there is no one to whom apologies, repentance, are dearer than Allah, and because of that he sent down the book, and he sent the messengers. It was narrated that Abu Huraira said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Allah has a sense of protective jealousy and the believer has a sense of protective jealousy too, and the protective jealousy of Allah is provoked when the believer does something that is forbidden to him. Asma'a bint Abi Bakr said that she heard the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, say, Nothing has a greater sense of protective jealousy than Allah. Glorified and exalted is He. A report like that of Hajjaj, number 6995, was narrated from Abu Huraira from the Prophet, peace be upon him. 
It was narrated from Asma that the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, Nothing has a greater sense of protective jealousy than Allah, glorified and exalted is he. It was narrated from Abu Huraira that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, The believer feels protective jealousy towards another believer, and Allah has a greater sense of protective jealousy. Shroba said, I heard Al-Ala, a hadith similar to number 6999 with this chain of narrators. Chapter on the words of Allah the Most High. Verily, the good deeds remove the evil deeds. It was narrated from Abdullah bin Mas'ud that a man kissed a woman. Then he came to the Prophet peace be upon him and told him about that. Then it was revealed and perform a salah at the two ends of the day and in some hours of the night. Verily, the good deeds remove the evil deeds, that is, small sins. That is a reminder and advice for the mindful, those who accept advice. Quran, Surah Hud, Chapter 11, Verse 114 The man said, Is that just for me, O Messenger of Allah? He said, It is for anyone who does that among my Ummah. It was narrated from Ibn Masud that a man came to the Prophet, peace be upon him, and said that he had done something with a woman, either kissing or touching her hand or something, as if he was asking about the expiation for that. Then Allah revealed the words, and he, the sub-narrator, mentioned a hadith like that of Yazid, number 7001. It was narrated from Suleiman At-Taimi with this chain of narrators. He said, a man did something with a woman that was less than intercourse. He went to Umar bin al-Khattab, who rebuked him strongly. Then he went to Abu Bakr, who rebuked him strongly. Then he went to the Prophet, peace be upon him. And he mentioned a hadith like that of Yazid and al-Mu'tamir, number 7001, 7002. It was narrated that Abdullah said, A man came to the Prophet, peace be upon him, and said, O Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, I was intimate with a woman on the outskirts of Al-Madinah, and I did something with her that was less than intercourse. Here I am, judge me as you wish. Omar said to him, Allah had concealed you, why didn't you conceal yourself? But the Prophet, peace be upon him, did not answer. The man got up and left. Then the Prophet, peace be upon him, sent a man to call him back, and he recited this verse to him, and perform a salah at the two ends of the day and in some hours of the night. Verily, the good deeds remove the evil deeds, that is, small sins. That is a reminder and advice for the mindful, those who accept advice. Quran, Surah Hud, chapter 11, verse 114. A man among the people said, O Prophet of Allah, is it only for him? He said, No, it is for all the people. A hadith like that of Abu al-Ahwas was narrated from Abdullah, number 7004, from the Prophet, peace be upon him. And he said in his hadith, Mu'adh said, O Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, is it only for him or for all of us? He said, No, it is for all of you. It was narrated that Anas said, A man came to the Prophet, peace be upon him, and said, O Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. I have committed a sin that may dictate a punishment, so carry it out on me. He said, The time for prayer came, so he prayed with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. When the prayer was over, he said, O Messenger of Allah, I have committed a sin that may dictate a punishment, so punish me according to the Book of Allah. He, peace be upon him, said, Did you attend the prayer with us? He said, Yes. He said, You have been forgiven. Abu Umama said, while the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, was in the masjid, and we were sitting with him, a man came and said, O Messenger of Allah, 
I have committed a sin that may dictate a punishment, so carry it out on me. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, remained silent, and he said again, O Messenger of Allah, I have committed a sin that may dictate a punishment, so carry it out on me. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, remained silent, and he said it a third time, and the Akama was called for prayer. When the Prophet of Allah, peace be upon him, left, the man followed him, and I, Abu Umama, also followed the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, to see how he would answer the man. The man caught up with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, and said, O Messenger of Allah, I have committed a sin that may dictate a punishment, so carry it out on me. Abu Umama said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said to him, When you came out of your house, did you perform wudu and do it well? He said, Yes, O Messenger of Allah. He said, Then did you attend the prayer with us? He said, Yes, O Messenger of Allah. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said to him, Then Allah has forgiven your transgression or your sin. Chapter on the Acceptance of the Repentance of the One Who Kills Even If He Has Killed a Great Deal It was narrated from Abu Sayyid al-Khudri that the Prophet of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Among those who came before you, there was a man who killed ninety-nine people. Then he asked who the most knowledgeable man on earth was, and he was directed to a monk. He went to him and told him that he had killed ninety-nine people. Could he repent? The monk said no, so he killed him thus completing 100. Then he asked who the most knowledgeable man on earth was, and he was directed to a man of knowledge, and said that he had killed 100 people. Could he repent? He said, yes. Who could stand between him and repentance? Go to such and such a land, for therein there are people who worship Allah. So go and worship Allah with them, and do not go back to your own land, for it is a bad land. So he set out. Then when he was halfway there, death came upon him. The angels of mercy and the angels of torment disputed over him. The angels of mercy said, He came repenting and turning wholeheartedly towards Allah. The angels of torment said, He never did anything good. Then an angel in the form of a man came to them and they appointed him to decide between them. He said, Measure the distance between the two lands, and whichever is closer, that is where he belongs. So they measured it, and they found that he was closer to the land that he was heading for. So the angels of mercy took him. Qatada said, Al-Hassan said, We were told that when death came to him, he leaned forward towards the land he was heading for. It was narrated from Abu Sayyid al-Khudri, from the Prophet, peace be upon him, a man killed ninety-nine people. Then he started asking whether he could repent. He came to a monk and asked him, and he said, You cannot repent. So he killed the monk. Then he started asking. Then he left that town for another town where there were righteous people. When he was partway there, death overtook him, and he died when he was leaning forward. The angels of mercy and the angels of torment disputed over him, but he was closer to the righteous town by a handspan, so he was counted as one of its people. A hadith like that of Mu'adh bin Mu'adh, number 7009, was narrated from Qatada with this chain of narrators, and he added, Allah ordered to one land to move away and to the other land to come closer. Chapter on the vastness of Allah's mercy towards the believers and every Muslim will be ransomed by a disbeliever from the fire. It was narrated that Abu Musa said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, When the day of resurrection comes, Allah 
glorified and exalted is he, will give every Muslim a Jew or a Christian and he will say, This is your ransom from the fire. On and Sayyid bin Abi Burda narrated that they witnessed Abu Burda narrating to Omar bin Abdul Aziz from his father that the Prophet peace be upon him said, No Muslim man dies but Allah causes a Jew or a Christian to enter the fire in his stead. Omar bin Abdul Aziz asked him to swear by Allah, besides whom none has the right to be worshipped, three times that his father narrated that to him from the Prophet, peace be upon him, and he swore to him. Sayyid did not tell me that he asked him to swear, but he did not object to what On said. Qatada narrated a hadith like that of Affan, number 7012, with this chain of narrators, and he said, On bin Utbah. It was narrated from Abu Burda, from his father, that the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, On the day of resurrection, some Muslim people will come with sins like mountains, but Allah will forgive them and will place them, the sins, on the Jews and the Christians, as far as I reckon. Abu Rah said, I do not know who is the one who is uncertain. Abu Burda said, I narrated that to Omar bin Abdul Aziz, and he said, Did your father narrate that to you from the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him? I said, Yes. It was narrated that Safwan bin Muhriz said, A man said to Ibn Umar, What did you hear the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, say about Najwa, private conversation? He said, I heard him say, On the day of resurrection, the believer will be brought close to his Lord, the mighty and sublime, until he places his concealment over him. Then he will make him confess his sins, and he will say, Do you admit it? He will say, Yes, O Lord, I admit it. He will say, I concealed them for you in the world, and I forgive you for them today. Then he will be given the record of his good deeds. As for the disbelievers and the hypocrites, it will be called out before all of creation. These are the ones who disbelieved in Allah. Chapter on The Repentance of Kab ibn Malik and His Two Companions It was narrated that Ibn Shahab said, Then the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, went out on the campaign of Tabuk, heading towards the Byzantines and the Arab Christians of Asham. Ibn Shahab said, And Abdurrahman bin Abdullah bin Kaab bin Malik narrated that Abdullah bin Kaab, who was the one among his children who became Kaab's guide when he became blind, said, I heard Kaab bin Malik narrate the story of him staying behind when the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, went out on the campaign to Tabuk. Kaab bin Malik said, I did not stay behind from any campaign that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, went out on, except the campaign of Tabuk. I also stayed behind from the campaign of Badr, but the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, did not admonish anyone who stayed behind from it. Rather, the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, and the Muslims went out seeking the caravan of the Quraysh, but Allah brought them and their enemy face to face without there being any intention of fighting. I was present with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, on the night of Al-Aqaba, when we swore our allegiance to Islam. That was not dearer to me than being present at Badr, although the Battle of Badr was more famous among the people. When I stayed behind from going on the campaign to Tabuk with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, I was never stronger or better off than when I stayed behind from that campaign. By Allah, I had never had two mounts at the same time. I had two mounts at the time of that campaign. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, waged this campaign at a time of intense heat, and was undertaking a long journey in a waterless land and aiming to confront an enemy greater in numbers. He made the situation clear to the Muslims so that they could fully prepare themselves for their campaign. 
he told them the direction in which he wanted to go. The Muslims who were with the Messenger of Allah peace be upon him were many, and there was no proper written record of them. Qab said, few men wanted to stay behind, and they thought that they could easily conceal themselves, so long as no revelation came down from Allah, glorified and exalted is he concerning them. The Messenger of Allah peace be upon him went out on that campaign when the fruits were ripe and the shade was very attractive, and I had a fondness for those fruits. The Messenger of Allah peace be upon him made preparations, as did the Muslims with him. I would set out in the morning to make my preparations along with them. Then I would come back and did not do anything. I said to myself, I can do that when I want to. I kept on delaying that until the people were about to depart. The Messenger of Allah peace be upon him set out one morning, and the Muslims set out with him, but I had not made any preparations. Then I went out and came back and I did not do anything. I continued to do that until they had covered some distance, and I thought of riding and catching up with them. Would that I had done that, but that was not decreed for me. When I went out among the people, after the departure of the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, I would feel shocked and upset to see that there was no one else of my caliber, except a man who was accused of being a hypocrite or a man who had been excused because of physical weakness. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, did not remember me until he reached Tabuk. Then he said, while he was sitting among the people in Tabuk, what happened to Qa bin Malik? A man from Banu Salama said, O Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, his cloak and self-admiration have detained him. Mu'adh bin Jabal said to him, What a bad thing you have said. By Allah, O Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, we know nothing but good about him. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, remained silent, and while he was like that, he saw a man dressed in white, shimmering like a mirage. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Be Abu Khatama, and it was Abu Khatama al-Ansari who was the one who gave us sa in charity and was mocked by the hypocrites. Qa'ab bin Malik said, When I heard that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, was on his way back from Tabuk, I became very worried, and I began to think of telling a lie. But then I said, How will I save myself from his wrath tomorrow? I sought the advice of every wise man among my people. When I was told that the arrival of the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, was imminent, all false ideas left me, and I knew that nothing could save me from his wrath. So I decided to tell him the truth. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, arrived in the morning, and whenever he returned from a journey, he would start by going to the masjid and praying to Raqqa there. Then he would sit to talk to the people. When he had done that, those who had stayed behind came to him and started offering their excuses and swearing oaths to him. There were eighty-odd men, and the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, accepted their excuses as they appeared to be, and he accepted their oaths of allegiance and prayed for forgiveness for them, and he left their inward intentions to Allah. Then I came, and when I greeted him with salam, he smiled in the manner of one who is angry. Then he said, Come here. So I came and sat before him, and he said to me, What kept you behind? Did you not buy a mount? I said, O Messenger of Allah, Peace be upon him. By Allah, if I sat before anyone in this world other than you, I would have saved myself from his anger with an excuse, for I have been given the ability to argue. But by Allah, I know that if I were to tell you a lie today that you accepted, soon Allah would make you angry with me. But if I tell you the truth today, you will be annoyed with me, yet I hope that Allah will cause it to end well. By Allah, I had no excuse. By Allah, I was never stronger or more well-off than when I stayed behind and did not accompany you. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, As for this one, 
He has spoken the truth. Get up and leave until Allah decides concerning you. So I left, and some men of Banu Salama came rushing after me and said to me, By Allah, we never knew you to commit any sin before this, but you were unable to offer any excuse to the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, as the others who have stayed behind it. It would have been sufficient for your sin if the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, had prayed for forgiveness for you. By Allah, they kept rebuking me until I wanted to go back to the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, and contradict myself. Then I said to them, Is there anyone else in the same position as me? They said, Yes, there are two men in the same position as you. They said something like what you said, and they were told something like what you were told. I said, Who are they? They said, Morara bin Rabia al-Amiri and Hilal bin Umayyah al-Waqifi. They mentioned to me two righteous men who had been present at the Battle of Badr, and there was an example for me in them. So I went away when they mentioned them to me. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, forbade the Muslims to speak to the three of us among those who had stayed behind. So the people shunned us, or their attitude towards us changed, until it seemed to me that the land itself had turned hostile towards me, and it was no longer the land that I knew. We stayed like that for fifty nights. As for my two companions, they stayed in their houses weeping, but I was the youngest and strongest of them. I would go out and attend the prayer and go around in the marketplaces, and no one would speak to me. I would go to the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, and greet him with salam. When he was sitting with the people after prayer, I would say to myself, Did his lips move in response or not? Then I would pray standing close to him, stealing glances at him. When I focused on my prayer, he would look at me. Then when I looked at him, he would turn away. Then, when this harsh treatment of the Muslims had gone on for too long, I went and climbed the wall of the garden of Abu Qatada, who was my paternal cousin and the dearest of people to me, and I greeted him with salam. But by Allah, he did not return the greeting. I said to him, O Abu Qatada, I adjure you by Allah, do you know that I love Allah and his messenger? He remained silent. So I adjured him again, and he remained silent. Then I adjured him again, and he said, Allah and his messenger know best. My eyes filled with tears, and I turned away and climbed back over the wall. While I was walking in the marketplace of Al-Madinah, I saw a farmer from Asham, one of those who had brought foodstuff to sell in Al-Madinah. He was saying, Who will show me where Qab bin Malik is? The people started to point me out to him, and he came to me and gave me a letter from the king of Ghassan. I was literate, so I read it, and it said, We have heard that your companion is treating you cruelly and you do not have to stay in a place where you are humiliated and have no rights. Come to us and we will support you. When I read it, I said, This is also part of the test, and went to the oven and threw it in. Then when forty of the fifty days had passed and no revelation had come, the envoy of the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, came to me and said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, has ordered you to keep away from your wife. I said, Should I divorce her, or what should I do? He said, No, just keep away from her and do not come near her. And he sent word to my two companions with similar orders. I said to my wife, Go to your family and stay with them until Allah decides concerning this matter. The wife of Hilal bin Umayyah came to the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, and said to him, O Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, Hilal bin Umayyah is an old man who has no servant and no one to take care of him. Do you object if I serve him? He said, No, but he should not come near you. She said, By Allah, he has no such desire. 
He has not stopped weeping from the moment this happened until today. Some of my family said to me, Why don't you ask the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, for permission concerning your wife, for he has given the wife of Hilal bin Umayyah permission to serve him. I said, I will not ask the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, for permission concerning her, for how can I know what the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, will say if I ask him for permission concerning her when I am a young man? I stayed like that for ten days, which completed fifty days from the time when it had become forbidden to speak to us. Then I prayed Fajr on the morning of the fiftieth day, on the roof of one of our houses. While I was sitting in the manner that Allah glorified and exalted as He described us, my own self was straightened for me, and the earth, vast as it is, was straightened for me. See Qur'an, Surah At-Tawbah, Chapter 9, Verse 118 I heard the voice of someone shouting from the top of Mount Sal, saying at the top of his voice, O Qa'ab bin Malik, be of good cheer! I fell down in prostration, for I knew that a way out had come. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, had announced to the people that Allah had accepted our repentance when he prayed Fajr, and the people started to give us the glad tidings. They went to my two companions to tell them the glad tidings, and one man came to me galloping on his horse, and a man from Aslam came rushing to me. And he stood up on top of the mountain and shouted, the man's voice was swifter than the horse. When the one whose voice I had heard giving me the glad tidings came to me, I took off my cloak and gave it to him in return for his good news. By Allah, I did not have any other garment at that time, and I had to borrow two garments and put them on. I set out to go to the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, and I was met by the people, group after group, congratulating me for my repentance and saying, Congratulations for Allah's acceptance of your repentance. Then I entered the masjid and saw the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, sitting there with the people around him. Talha bin Ubaidullah got up and ran towards me to shake my hand and congratulate me, but by Allah, no man among the muhajireen got up except him. The sub-narrator said, Qab never forgot that gesture of Talha's. Qab said, When I greeted the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, with salam, he said, with his face shining with joy, be of good cheer, for this is the best day you have ever had since the day your mother gave birth to you. I said, Is it from you, O Messenger of Allah, or from Allah? He said, No, it is from Allah. When the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, was happy, his face would shine as if it were a piece of the moon, and we would recognize that. When I sat before him, I said, O Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, as part of my repentance, I will give up my wealth as charity to Allah and His Messenger, peace be upon Him. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon Him, said, Keep some of the booty of your wealth. That is better for you. I said, I will keep my share of Khaybar. Then I said, O Messenger of Allah, Allah saved me because I spoke the truth. As part of my repentance, I shall speak nothing but the truth so long as I live. By Allah, I do not know of anyone among the Muslims whom Allah put to a more severe test because of telling the truth, from the time I said that to the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, until today. By Allah, I have not told a lie from the time I said that to the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, until today, and I hope that Allah will protect me for the rest of my life. And Allah revealed the words, Allah has forgiven the Prophet, the Muhajirun, and the Ansar who followed him, Muhammad, peace be upon him, in the time of distress.
Tabuk expedition, until he reached, certainly he is unto them full of kindness, most merciful, and he did forgive also the three who did not join the Tabuk expedition, till for them the earth, vast as it is, was straightened, and their own selves were straightened to them, and they perceived that there is no fleeing from Allah, and no refuge but with him. Then he forgave them, accepted their repentance, that they might beg for his pardon, repent to him. Verily, Allah is the one who forgives and accepts repentance, most merciful. Until he reached, O you who believe, be afraid of Allah, and be with those who are true in words and deeds. Quran, Surah at tawbah Chapter 9, Verses 117-119 to Qab said, By Allah, Allah did not bestow any blessing upon me after He guided me to Islam, that was greater in my view than the fact that I told the truth to the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, and I did not lie and end up doomed as happened to those who lied. When there came revelation in which Allah addressed those who had lied and spoke the harshest words ever spoken to anyone, Allah said, They will swear by Allah to you, Muslims, when you return to them, that you may turn away from them. So turn away from them. Surely they are rijsun, that is, najasun impure because of their evil deeds, and hell is their dwelling place, a recompense for that which they used to earn. They, the hypocrites, swear to you, Muslims, that you may be pleased with them. But if you are pleased with them, certainly Allah is not pleased with the people who are al-fasikun. Quran, Surah At-Tawbah, Chapter 9, Verses 95 and 96 Kaab said, Our case was deferred. For the three of us, unlike the case of those whose apology the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, accepted when they swore to him, and he accepted their oath of allegiance and prayed for forgiveness for them, the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, deferred our case until Allah decided concerning it. Hence Allah said, And he did forgive also the three who, what Allah says here does not refer to our staying behind from the campaign, rather it refers to his delaying the decision concerning us. Unlike those who swore an oath to the Prophet, peace be upon him, and apologized to him, from whom he accepted that. A similar report was narrated from Az-Zuhri. Abdullah bin Kaab bin Malik, who acted as Kaab's guide when he became blind, said, I heard Kaab bin Malik telling his story about when he stayed behind from going on the campaign to Tabuk with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. And he quoted the hadith as number 7016 and added, when the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, wanted to go out on a campaign, he would hint at a destination other than his real goal, except in the case of this campaign. In the hadith of Az-Zuhri's nephew, it does not mention Abu Khaytama and his catching up with the Prophet, peace be upon him. Abdurrahman bin Abdullah bin Kaab bin Malik narrated that his paternal uncle, Ubaidullah bin Kaab, who was Kaab's guide when he lost his sight, and who was the most knowledgeable of his people about the ahadith of the companions of the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, I heard my father, Kaab bin Malik, who was one of the three whose repentance was accepted, say that he did not stay behind from accompanying the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, on any campaign that he went on except for two campaigns. And he quoted the hadith and said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, set out on the campaign with many people more than 10,000, and there was no record of their names. Chapter on Al-Ifq, the slander, and the acceptance of the slanderer's repentance. It was narrated from Az-Zuhri, Sayyid bin al-Musayyib, Urwah bin Az-Zubair, 
Al-Kama bin Waqqas and Ubadullah bin Abdullah bin Utbah bin Masood narrated the hadith of Aisha, the wife of the Prophet, peace be upon him, when the people of the slander said what they said about her. Then Allah declared her innocent of what they said. Each of them told me part of her story, and some of them had better memories than others and reported more details. I tried to memorize what each of them told me of the story, and the reports confirmed one another. They said that Aisha, the wife of the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, When the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, wanted to go out on a journey, he would cast lots between his wives, and the one whose name was drawn, the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, would take her with him. Aisha said, He, peace be upon him, cast lots between us for a campaign he was going on, and my name was drawn. So I went out with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. This was after the command of hijab had been revealed, so I would be lifted up in my hoda, and I would be set down in it. That was the case throughout the journey, until the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, had finished his campaign, then we headed back. When we were close to Al-Madinah, he gave the command to move on one night. When he gave the command to move on, I got up and walked until I had passed beyond the army. And when I had relieved myself, I came back to the camp. I put my hand to my chest and found that my necklace of zafar, beads, a kind of Yemeni beads, had broken and fell off. I went back looking for my necklace, and that distracted me. The men who used to prepare the camel for me and lift up my hoda came and lifted it onto my camel that I used to ride, and they thought that I was in it. The women at that time were lean and did not carry much flesh as they did not eat much food. The people did not notice the weight of the hoda when they lifted it up as I was a young girl. They drove the camel and set out. I found my necklace after the army had moved on, and I came back to their camp, and there was no one to call and no one to answer. I waited in the place where I had stayed, thinking that the people would notice I was missing and would come back for me. While I was sitting in that place, tiredness overwhelmed me, and I fell asleep. Safwan bin al-Mu'attal al-Sulami al-Dhakwani had stopped to rest towards the end of the night, and he was behind the army, and had set out at the end of the night. In the morning, he reached the place where I was, and he saw the shape of a person sleeping. He came to me, and he recognized me when he saw me, as he used to see me before the hijab was enjoined upon me. I woke up when I heard his istarja'ah, when he recognized me, and I covered my face with my jilbab. By Allah, he did not say a word to me, and I did not hear any word from him apart from his istarja'ah. He made his camel kneel down and put his foot on its foreleg to keep it steady. Then I mounted it, and he set off, leading me on the mount until we came to the army, which had stopped to rest in the noonday heat. Then some were doomed because of my situation, foremost among whom was Abdullah bin Ubay bin Salul. We arrived in Al-Madinah, and I fell sick for a month after we arrived in Al-Madinah. The people were spreading what the people of the slander were saying, and I was not aware of any of that. What gave me cause for alarm was that I did not see the kindness that I usually saw from the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, when I was sick. Rather, the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, would just come and greet me with salam and say, How are you? So that made me worried. But I was unaware of the evil until I went out after I had begun to recover and Omimista went out with me to Al-Manasi, which is where we used to relieve ourselves. We only used to go out at night, and that was before we had latrines close to our houses. We were like the early Arabs in our efforts to keep clean. We did not like to have latrines close to our houses. Omimista and I set out. 
She was the daughter of Abu Rum bin Al-Muttalib bin Abd Manaf, and her mother was the daughter of Sahra bin Amir, the maternal aunt of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq. Her son was Mista bin Uthatha bin Abad bin Al-Muttalib, the daughter of Abu Rum, and I set out from my house when we had finished our business, and Umm Mista stumbled on her apron and said, Woe to Mista! I said to her, What a bad thing you have said. Are you berating a man who was present at the Battle of Badr? She said, O oh, you, have you not heard what he said? I said, What did he say? She told me what the people of the slander were saying, and my sickness became worse. When I came back to my house, the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, entered upon me and greeted me with salam. Then he said, How are you? I said, Will you give me permission to go out to my parents? At that time, I wanted to get confirmation of the news from them. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, gave me permission, so I went to my parents and I said to my mother, O oh, my mother, what are the people talking about? She said, O oh, my daughter, do not worry, for by Allah there was never a good-looking woman who was loved by her husband, and she had co-wives, but they tried to find fault with her. I said, SubhanAllah, are the people talking about that? I wept that night until morning came, and my tears never stopped, and I did not get a wink of sleep. When morning came, I was still weeping. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, called Ali bin Abi Talib and Osama bin Zaid when the revelation was delayed and asked their advice about leaving his wife. As for Osama bin Zaid, he told the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, what he knew about his wife's innocence and what he knew of his, the Prophet's love for her. He said, O Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, she is your wife and we know nothing but good about her. As for Ali bin Abi Talib, he said, Allah has not imposed any restrictions on you, and there are many other women besides her. If you ask the slave woman, she will tell you the truth. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, called Barira and said, O Barira, have you seen anything to make you doubt about Aisha? Barira said to him, By the one who sent you with the truth, I have never seen anything objectionable from her except that she is a young girl who falls asleep when making dough for her family. Then the domestic sheep comes and eats it. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, stood on the mimbar and sought support against Abdullah bin Ubay bin Salur. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, When he was on the mimbar, O Muslims, who will support me against a man who has offended me with regard to my family? By Allah, I know nothing but good about my family, and they have mentioned a man, Safwan, about whom I know nothing but good, and he has never entered upon my family except with me. Sa'ad bin Mu'adh al-Ansari stood up and said, I will support you against him, O Messenger of Allah. If he is from Aus, I will strike his neck, and if he is from our brothers of Al-Khazraj, tell us what to do and we will do as you command. Sa'ad bin Ubadah, who was the chief of Al-Khazraj, stood up. He was a righteous man, but tribalism overtook him, and he said to Sa'ad bin Mu'adh, You are lying by Allah, you will not kill him, and you will not be able to kill him. Sa'ad bin Hudair, who was the cousin of Sa'ad bin Mu'adh, stood up and said to Sa'ad bin Ubadah, You are lying by Allah. We will certainly kill him, and you are a hypocrite defending the hypocrites. They began to argue while the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, was standing on the mimbar, and the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, kept trying to calm them down until they finally calmed down and fell silent. I wept that day, and my tears never stopped, and I did not get a wink of sleep. Then I wept the following night, and my tears never stopped, and I did not get a wink of sleep, and my parents thought that my weeping would be the end of me. 
While they were sitting with me and I was weeping, an Ansari woman asked permission to come in and I gave her permission. She sat down and wept. While we were like that, the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, came in and greeted us with salam. Then he sat down. He had not sat with me since the rumor began, and for a month no revelation had come to him concerning me. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, recited that the shahad when he sat down, then he said, O Aisha, I have heard such and such about you. If you are innocent, then Allah will declare your innocence, and if you have committed a sin, then ask Allah to forgive you and repent to him, for when a person admits his sin and repents, Allah will accept his repentance. When the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, finished what he was saying, my tears dried up and not another drop fell. I said to my father, Answer the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, on my behalf. He said, By Allah, I do not know what I should say to the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. I said to my mother, Answer the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, on my behalf. She said, By Allah, I do not know what I should say to the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. I was a young girl who did not know much of the Qur'an, but I said, By Allah, I know that you all have been listening to this rumor until it settled in your minds and you believed it. If I say to you that I am innocent and Allah knows that I am innocent, you will not believe me. But if I admit something to you and Allah knows that I am innocent, you will believe me. By Allah, I can find no likeness for me and you except that which the father of Yusuf said. So for me, patience is most fitting. And it is Allah alone whose help can be sought against that lie which you describe. Quran, Surah Yusuf, chapter 12, verse 18. Then I turned away and lay down on my bed. By Allah, at that time I knew I was innocent, and that Allah would prove my innocence. But by Allah, I did not think that He would reveal revelation concerning me that would be recited. I did not think that I was so important that Allah, glorified and exalted as He, would speak of me in words that would be recited. Rather, I hoped that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, would be shown something in a dream through which Allah would prove that I was innocent. By Allah, the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, did not move from where he was sitting, and no one in the house left before Allah sent revelation to his Prophet, peace be upon him, and he was overcome by the burden that overcame him when he received revelation, when he perspired with drops of sweat like pearls on a winter day because of the weight of the words that were being revealed to him. When it was over, the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, smiled, and the first thing he said was, Be of good cheer, O Aisha for Allah has declared you innocent. My mother said to me, Get up and go to him. I said, By Allah, I will not get up and go to him, and I will not praise anyone but Allah, for he is the one who has revealed that I am innocent. Allah revealed the words, Verily, those who brought forth the slander are a group among you. Consider it not a bad thing for you. Nay, it is good for you. Quran, Surah An-Nur, chapter 24, verse 11, 10 verses. Allah revealed these verses declaring that I was innocent. Abu Bakr, who used to spend on mista because he was a relative of his and was poor, said, By Allah, I will never spend anything on him again after what he said about Aisha. Then Allah revealed the words, And let not those among you who are blessed with graces and wealth swear not to give any sort of help to their kinsmen, al-masakin, the needy, and those who left their homes for Allah's cause. Let them pardon and forgive. Do you not love that Allah should forgive you? Quran, Surah An-Nur, chapter 24, verse 22. Hiban bin Musa said, Abdullah bin al-Mubarak said, This is the verse in the book of Allah which gives the most hope.
Abu Bakr said, By Allah, I love that Allah should forgive me. So he continued to spend on Mista as he used to and said, I will never stop it. Aisha said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, asked Zainab bint Jash about me. What do you know? Or what do you think? She said, O Messenger of Allah, by Allah, I have never heard or seen, and by Allah, I do not know anything but good. Aisha said, She was the one among the wives of the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, who used to compete with me, but Allah protected her by means of her piety. But her sister Hamna bint Jash opposed her and was one of those who were doomed. Az-Zuhri said, This is what we have heard about this group. Footnote Istirja'a Saying, Verily to Allah we belong, and verily unto Him is our return. A hadith like that of Yunus and Ma'mar, number 7020, was narrated from Az-Zuhri with their chain of narrators. In the hadith of Saleh, it adds, Urwa said, Aisha did not like Hassan to be reviled in her presence, and she said, He said, My father, my mother, and my honor are all to defend the honor of Muhammad against you. He also added, Urwa said, Aisha said, By Allah, the man against whom the allegation was made said, Subhanallah, by the one in whose hand is my soul, I never unveiled any woman. Then after that, he was killed as a martyr in the cause of Allah. It was narrated that Aisha said, When the rumors spread about me, I did not know about it. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, stood up to deliver a khutbah. He recited the tashahud, and he praised Allah as he deserves to be praised. Then he said, Advise me with regard to some people who have made false charges against my wife. For by Allah, I do not know anything bad about my wife at all. And they have made false charges concerning a man about whom, by Allah, I do not know anything bad at all and who never entered my house, except when I was present, and I was never absent on a journey, but he was absent with me. And he quoted the hadith in which it says, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, entered my house and asked my slave woman, and she said, By Allah, I do not know of any fault in her except that she falls asleep, and the sheep comes in and eats her dough or her yeast. Hisham was not sure. Some of his companions scolded her and said, Tell the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, the truth and they referred bluntly to this matter. She said, Subhanallah, by Allah, I do not know anything about her but what the goldsmith knows about a piece of pure gold. News of that reached the man concerning whom these things were being said, and he said, Subhanallah, by Allah, I have never unveiled any woman. Aisha said, He was killed as a martyr in the cause of Allah, glorified and exalted is he. It is also narrated that those who spoke of it were Mista, Hamna, and Hassan. As for the hypocrite, Abdullah bin Ubay, he is the one who collected false rumors and spread them further, and he is the one who took the lead in that, along with Hamna. Chapter on Exoneration of the Prophet's Concubine It was narrated from Anas that a man was accused of misbehaving with the concubine of the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, who had borne him a child. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said to Ali, Go and strike his neck. Ali came to him and found him in a well, cooling himself off. Ali said to him, Come out. And he took him by the hand and brought him out. Then he saw that he was mutilated and did not have a penis, so he refrained from killing him. Then he came to the Prophet, peace be upon him, and said, O Messenger of Allah, he is mutilated. He does not have a penis. 